0: podcast hosted by me Jeremy
1: and me Joey also we are we are the hosts -hosts, co-hosts
0: I suppose you should could say should say are we both co-hosts or are we just both hosts
1: I think we're both hosts but if we refer to each other we would say like my co host but we're both the hosts but you know to to counter your point of this being the only podcast like music discovery podcast hosted by us I think we should go start another one So that way, you're. But then we
0: can't make that claim anymore.
1: Yeah, because then you'd be wrong. You're the only one who ever said (laughs) it. So
0: we're gonna make another one just to make me wrong.
1: Yeah, it it feels like a lot of work, Joey. It it does, and it probably will be. But
0: I don't I don't know if that's worth worth the effort, in my opinion. What were we listening to this week, Jeremy? This week we listened to the presidents of the United States of America, not the the presidents. But the the pres the band that the is band. titled The Presidents of the United States of America.
1: <laughs> we never watch any of the presidential like uh, nah. talks or whatever whatever is, they're called Address. addresses
0: co- press conference I don't, Fuck fuck politics. We're not talking about that. We're talking about music. Yeah. Presidents of the United States of America. Their second album, aptly titled Two. Two Roman Roman numeral two. I uh, I I pick I, I pick I I yeah exactly. I picked this album because uh, last week we did Ween. Which is kind of like some some weird rocky business, uh, and it kind of kind of drew me to the presidents, which I'm a big fan of. I love all of their albums. You should listen to all of their albums, <laughs> if, especially if you like this one. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's similarly rocky and weird, but in a different way. Yeah, I suppose from from Ween, but it, it was kind of a logical step for me. Uh, I've been listening to them for a long time. And I think they just had, like, the 20th... No, I guess it would have been 15th last year. Because so I think their first album came out in, like, 95 or something. Yeah. So had, like, their 15th anniversary of their first album or something. Uh, and this this album came out in 96. So this year is the 15th anniversary of this album. Um, but that's not why I picked the album. I picked the album because it, it's good. And it reminded me of Wayne. Or I guess vice versa. Wayne reminded me of that. The album art for said album is uh kind of interesting (laughs) it's got it's got their name the band the presidents of the united states of america it's got two the thing very clean in red text on a white background but the centerpiece is there are three figures three people three dudes a picture in monochrome black and white uh of three people technically it's two people i think um, with Chris Bellew being two of the three people <laughs> in, in the image. Um, but yeah, so the dude on the left is their drummer. His name's Jason Finn. He's wearing a top hat, looking very dapper. He's got a cane. The middle person is Chris, the singer and guitarist and songwriter and whatever. The main man behind the presidents with like a pickaxe and like a flannel and like a park ranger hat and a hatchet kind of a thing going on. And then on the right side of the, uh, the other two, is another Chris Blue, I believe. Blue Value, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's Blue, uh, but he's standing there with uh, like a banjo that looks like it was kind of like homemade from like a skillet in, in some way, <laughs> with like a bunch of holes in it that it looks like it's been eaten through by like some, something acidic or, or rust or whatever. Uh, and it's very small relative to him. It, it looks, but uh, he, and he's holding a hat in his other hand and just kind of like some weird prospector ish looking garb, but also maybe a bit classier than prospector garb. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on here and I don't know what the meaning is. It's I think just, he looks pretty fun.
1: He looks pretty dapper, you know, he's, he's got the, got the suit on and i mean, yeah, but
0: it's also like, it's, it's a bit rugged because it's half untucked. Like his shirt, his
1: undershirt is half untucked. Yeah. He looks like one of those like businessmen that fell upon hard times in the great depression or something. Yeah. Yeah. And one of
0: his shoes is untied as well.
1: How could he? He's just a mess. He's, he's half a mess in that, which I'm I'm not
0: sure what it means. I don't know. I I don't put thought into this shit. Like maybe I perhaps should if we're going to
1: talk about the album art every week.
0: But we're only a year into this podcast, guys. Give us
1: a break. We'll figure
0: it out eventually.
1: An and exact year, by the way. Yeah, Boom.
0: this is this is the 52nd episode that we're recording and releasing. Uh, so that's fucking exciting. We're we're not slowing down. We're not stopping. Uh, I'm just kind of, of like, I guess to take a second, like, I'm kind of fucking excited that we've made it a full year of consistent releases
1: at this point. I know, seriously, like, nothing in my life other than, like, obligations ever goes (laughs) on this long. Like, I always, like, stop or just kind of, like, lose interest or whatever. But this, it's a constant, something that gives me... A purpose to listen to new music that gives me <laughs> yeah. like a purpose in general, you know? a yeah, purpose
0: in life, man. <laughs> doing this podcast for all twelve of our listeners, <laughs> hell
1: yeah, twelve. That's pretty. That's a pretty hefty, hefty number. <laughs> yeah, there, too. It was
0: just a random number. I was looking at the the two, and it's comprised of two ones. So you know, twelve. Huh, it's, twelve. It's all thematic. Yeah. But uh, I guess we're just going to get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Part one, because that's what we're here for. To discuss track one, which is Ladies and Gentlemen, part one. Joey,
1: (laughs) how do you feel? Okay. Well, uh, my background is that uh, every song by the Presidents of the United States of America that I've ever listened to, Mm -hmm. I've liked. I've never heard a bad song by these guys. Right.
0: Until this week.
1: (laughs) Until this week. (laughs) That's what I I was expecting. (laughs) I heard a great song by these guys. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, like, immediately... I just like it. It's a cool, like intro. It's not like it starts off. I mean, I mean, it's rock immediately, but like, yeah. You can tell, there's a little bit of like funk to it, but it starts getting crunchier, like as the song goes on, like right. more, more rocky, Chris, it's more
0: distorted kind of crunchy, yeah. crispy
1: guitars. Chris Baloo, Baloo. Yeah. uh, his voice is literally perfect for <laughs> the music that they make. I agree. Like they could not have found a better singer for this band. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's why he made it. Like if he's a driving force behind it, I guess that's why it happened. But yeah, you know,
0: he, he like, he's slightly nasally, but it's super slight. And the way he enunciates a lot of his lyrics, just like it, it gives it such a defining characteristic of what the presidents sound like. And it's, it's like, it's fucking perfect. I, I don't think, They would have been as good. I mean, granted, he's also writing the lyrics. So he's kind of probably anything that he would write wouldn't sound as good coming from someone else, I guess is what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't want to say I had high hopes going into this. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I kind of did. And they broke them. Not necessarily just with this song but I'm just too excited. So <laughs> I, I just, they They broke them in a
0: good way. In right? a good way. In a good way. Yes. This is better than you anticipated. This is
1: better than I anticipated. Okay. Just I to be will be clear. Get... <laughs> no, it's, it absolutely sucks. And I can't believe you recommended this. He
0: has a perfect voice, but everything else I fucking hate.
1: <laughs> but so I don't, I just like the way they started this album off because ladies and gentlemen, part like ladies and gentlemen, it, Starts off with them just kind of being like, "Okay, we're here. Are you guys ready to start the show? Like, this is it. We're like, it feels like they're kicking off like a live show or like some big performance or something. And I'm uh,
0: sure that they open up a hell of a lot of their shows with this track.
1: Yeah, as they should because it's a it's a good little intro track.
0: Yeah, it's just as as you kind of dipped into the lyrics, they're just talking like, "Hey, we're here. We're fucking. We're about to rock out." We're at a show. You guys are going to rock out with us. We're just just prepare yourselves as we dive into this this hour long epic journey of music.
1: Hell yeah! Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess we don't have to go into the lyrics too much. We just explained it. We'd uh, have to be a lunatic, you know, to go into those. But you know, if if it was me, I'd be a lunatic to love because I'm very yeah. Lovely. I feel like you you kind of have to
0: be a lunatic to love this kind of music.
1: That was a much better, much better <laughs> it one. It was than right there. It was, I was right there. like,
0: I don't want to interrupt Joey and, and steal his thunder, but... But you should have. But I, I should have. It's too late. Track number two. Lunatic Take Two Love. Not the number two, even though I pronounced two as if it, <laughs> as if it was noteworthy. Uh, yeah, this one, it, it kind of comes in from the opening track, and he counts it in. He goes, like, one, two, one, two, three, four, or whatever, and it speeds up, and it just it just really brings the energy of the album, of the track, of, of the band. I think the song is, like... I mean, it's it's a great follow-up to the introduction because this is kind of just explaining them in musical format, I guess, like, what they do with, with this kind of, like, twangy rock and some fuzzy, like, distorted guitars. And he, he Chris, really just, like, he loves to cram a lot of, like, syllables in between beats. And, yeah. and it the, just the way he sings, it kind of almost feels rushed at some points, but it's never like incoherent with the the pace that, which he's speaking
1: a lot of words specifically in the song. So man, you didn't tell me these guys were fucking punk rock as shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Like I, this is where I was like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, holy shit. I think this is better than I thought it was going to be. Fuck. Like, yeah. It just, cause like the energy comes in and it's just the bass. The fucking like bass, but the thing. Yeah. Okay, so the thing is, I've I've heard this. I don't know if it's actually true. I should have done my research, but so Chris doesn't he play something called like a bass guitar? Like, yeah, <laughs> didn't he create like that or have it created for him so he could like play awesome guitar parts and like mix in some bass or something?
0: Yeah. He, so he has uh si- special, specially made six string guitars. And his, his instrument, his bass guitar, has two bass strings. It's like a six-string guitar, but it has two bass strings. And then their bassist slash other guitarist has, uh, like, th- I, I guess, three three guitar strings, two bass strings on that one? I don't know. It's not super clear the way that it's described, at least on their wiki page, which I'm actually looking at right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he they, they modified their guitars to sound a lot heavier in certain tunings and stuff and they they play in a lot of like drop c sharp tuning which is already like a low tuning so with those like gase... bait or bass gauge those <laughs> bass gauged kind of strings just like it, it gives it a really thick sound
1: yeah like it's just so nice like it gives it such like a a fuzzy nice distorted like i guess tone which i mean yeah. i guess is an effect that they put on there but like the fact that they're playing it so low is just it's awesome. It it blends between like what you would think a bass melody and like a guitar melody is. So it's it almost sounds like they're each taking turns on like the bass and the guitar or like they have two basses and two guitar players or something. Right. So it's just, it's super cool. And I mean, it's it surprised me because I had only heard like Dune Buggy. I'd heard Ladybug. I'd heard Peaches right. and stuff like that. And then you hear tracks like this where it's like, like I would describe it as like some sort of off kilter punk rock, like a more truer, I mean, it's
0: kind of like a geeky punk rock.
1: Yeah. Like, and I mean, that's not like, it's not like three chord, whatever garage punk or anything. Like it's still rock and roll. They still like, there's a slower portion to this song where it kind of, it slows down a little bit and it's not like As in your and I mean the whole song is not really like in your face. It's just got this good energy to it, but it's just it's got a really cool sound to it, a really good energy, and the way he sings. I don't think it's too crowded or uh, too fast or whatever. Right? It almost seems like he's doing some sort of like drum fill with the syllables that he's singing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's very rhythmic. Yeah, it's it's like it's borderline rapping but it still, like, carries melody with it, and it's it's not, like... I don't know, it doesn't have the groove that, I guess, rap would have. Yeah. He's just kind of, like, spewing words out. <laughs> and, in, and it's just, like... It, it's fun as hell. Just the, Like, you can tell, especially in this album, like, Chris was just having a fucking blast performing. Yeah. And, and playing the music and, and singing along and stuff. Uh, the ending of the song, like... Like you said, it, it slows down a bit, and then the ending of the song, it comes in where he's just, like the energy just builds and builds and builds. And there's just this huge, like energetic finish where he's just like on love, 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 love. And then he, just, he starts like screaming the lyrics and stuff, which I mean, he doesn't do like screaming as in like metal screaming. Yeah. But, like he, he does get like a harsher kind of vocal thing going on in some of his songs. And the end of the song is, is one of those parts where it just like, it, it, it really brings, brings in that kind of punk feel that you were
1: talking yeah. about. It's, it's something i very much like like it's awesome i would definitely want to see these guys play live unfortunately or you can't i, I know th- i
0: think they, they they hung it all up a few years
1: back i <sighs> i think i remember you talking. yeah that, it sucks <laughs> but i mean it happens i mean yeah. when, when it's God done it's at done. some point <laughs> but you know it's so lyrically about this song lunatic to love i couldn't make heads or tails of it because there were two <laughs> kind of messages that i got which i kind of feel like just looking forward at other one like other songs it seems like there's not i mean there, sometimes there's like a little message in there or whatever sure. but it seems like there's not like a super like through line or right you don't have to really decipher too much in there yeah. <laughs> but uh this song like it starts off and it gives me like the vibes and I mean he's pretty much saying it like whenever you're in like a relationship with somebody and like their family or people are like asking like oh well she like how are you treating her like you better be treating her right or whatever like he says that the goons keep grilling me wondering how I'm treating you and then he goes on to say her clothes are crappy and her brain is badly battered (laughs) he's saying that she's happy and that's all that matters now so it's like it's it gives off the vibe of like somebody who like appears not necessarily like I guess abusive or like they're not treating somebody right. So other people are concerned, but then it goes on to another verse where it's like talking about how he rescues her from like a basement <laughs> where she's has So I well, don't know. Yeah.
0: He drops her off at an asylum and then comes back and saves her is how, how I took it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That does make sense. That does make sense. Look at me not fucking paying attention to things, but yeah. But yeah, I, I,
0: I definitely agree. I feel like th- the way I view the president's, is that I, I take most of their lyrics at like a face value kind of thing, like like mm-hmm. you were mentioning. I feel like Chris would just like get concept ideas for songs and just run with it and see what his brain could like pull out of it. In this case, he probably liked the sound of saying like lunatic to love yeah. or he, he had the melody or something and then he just kind of, he took it and he explored what that meant. And as a result, he, he was kind of like singing about his lover and eventually her being insane and then like busting her out of an asylum which may maybe not be the best for her, but she's happy and that's all that matters. Yeah. Kind of a thing. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't read a whole lot into their lyrics because they're kind of scattered a bit.
1: Yeah. Scattered, uh, almost like debris from a volcano that erupted.
0: Yeah. Molten, molten lava just exploding, falling down from the sky or into your ears. If they were some stereo or something as discussed in track number three, boom volcano boom also (laughs) boom also (laughs) yeah this one it immediately just comes in with some some nice riffage some fuzz which is kind of the staple like at this point in the album most of the songs are going to kind of have the same staples of the president's sound which is that like really fuzzy guitar but also like kind of a twanging clean sounding guitar um, the melody and chord progression of the song is just so like happy and like dancey and like I don't know it, it's fun and the way that Chris sings is contagious and it, it's fun to sing along to or headbang to and just kind of like it's it's almost surf rocky yeah in tone but it's not really there and I'm not I'm not sure what the distinction is but I just get like a just like a hint of surf rock in this song
1: yeah I don't see that's the thing like I also got the same feel but I. I feel like they put a lot more into not like the aesthetic, but I guess like the background type stuff in this song where there's like, I don't know, Whenever the song starts picking up around like, I think it's like right before the chorus in the verse where they start like banging on the keys to like bring up the intensity and which I mean, they didn't have keys in like the previous two songs, at least not that I really heard. But then there's like some xylophones playing and stuff, which I think maybe like, I don't know, kind of is maybe what gave me the surf rock vibe. But then there's like somebody singing, I guess it's Chris singing in like this bit crushed voice behind in the in the chorus whenever he's singing. Like, right, he backs himself up or whatever. Yeah. So it's just, it's cool. Like you said, it sounds like he's just having fun. And it totally does. Whenever you hear stuff like this, where it's just like, he's just like, yeah, this sounds cool. Let's fucking yeah. do it man it makes a great song so let's do it
0: yeah it's good old good old fun rock and roll music as i kind of teased in the the segue the song kind of has two different themes i guess in it two different like skins to go on top of the lyrics cuz he's talking about 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 a volcano erupting but uh, in this case, he's kind of tying it back to the music that he's playing by referring to his stereo as a volcano that's about to explode because he's just rocking so hard. Hell and yeah. He, he kind of like personifies... I don't know if person, personifies is not the right word, but he, he kind of like blends the the metaphor of the volcano with his stereo. So he, he's still making allusions to like the island shifting and the plates are lifting and stuff like that. But... Uh, he also mentions that he's, he's talking about a big black boombox and, and stuff like that with melted wires and amplifiers and stuff like that going on, which brings me to my second point about the lyrics in this song. <laughs> this is kind of a, uh, a staple of a lot of their music, is that he has a tendency to spew a lot of short, quick rhymes that sometimes kind of can be seen as a bit of a stretch, but they're usually not too far off, and they're always fun. Uh, for example, he says supersonic, plate tectonic, stereophonic, lava and tonic. The boom is bionic. And he's just kind of like rapid flow, like spitting rhymes like that without necessarily worrying too much about if it makes sense in the story of the song kind of a thing. He's just kind yeah. of des- describing things, I guess, is the way to put it. He just he has very descriptive rhymes. They're just quick, multiple like line kind of things.
1: Man... Out of all those, though, I like the end of it where it's that sulfur smell is Mount St. Helens, Pompeii was, yet Like, it's just yeah. the way that that sounds when he sings it. It's just yeah.
0: everything he sings sounds great. It does.
1: <laughs> like, just, just his sincerity and like the voice that he sings it in, where it's just like, you, I don't know, there's no irony to it. He is right. literally just like, this is the music that he wrote. And he's just like, fuck yeah, I'm doing it. This is awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's just leaving it, leaving it all out there. He's spitting it all out at fucking like Mach 5 speeds. And just saying, that's what it is.
1: Yeah. And also, he spits out track number four, titled Mach 5. Whoa, 4, 5. Jesus.
0: 4, 5. We're flying through it like a, we're in a, a blue car with a cream interior. Like his Mach 5. And track number four, Mach 5, as oh! we just mentioned, and I re to it. <laughs> Dude. Is, is it a segue if you stay in the same spot?
1: I don't know, but we definitely were not moving at Mach 5 with those two <laughs> repeated segues.
0: Yeah. Well, Mach 5. How how you feel about it, Joey?
1: Dude, okay. So it's just I mean, at this point, you know how I feel. But right. This song. <laughs> this fucking song. It's so it starts off with that like super fuzzy sound. And mm-hmm. But the one part that I wasn't expecting it in a song called Mach Five is whenever there's like a a little break of this like acoustic part mm. that comes in, which, but then it leads into like a groovy ass verse, like <laughs> yeah. it's groovy as shit. These guys, like, I don't know. I know a little bit. I'm pretty sure Chris Balu Belu uh, at some point, whenever like they took their break. I feel like I heard that he started making music for porn.
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe. Like, I, I don't know
0: if it's true or not, but I could see it happening. He also, side note, has a pseudonym. He makes children's music as well. So that that's kind of a wide variety there going from like the, the children's songs to the Presidents of the United States to porn
1: music, if that's true. Man, like I... I want to look it up, but I also don't because this, (laughs) this is a computer that I don't want any sort of viruses getting on here. So I'm going to retract that statement. I don't want to taint his name. Sure. So I'll retract it. But uh, I, I I heard it at one point and with the amount of funk that these guys bring, not necessarily this song's out there, like fucking going nuts or anything. Like it's not funkadelic or anything, but like, he definitely incorporates some pretty cool grooves into into the like into the music, and I appreciate it
0: yeah he he fucking i don't know it's just so good just everything about what the presidents sound like is most of it's attributed to him, a lot yep. of it's also attributed to Jason Fender drummer, who's fantastic by the way, I know I haven't called him out, but like. Every song on this album, the drums are just fantastic. He he gets a lot of time to have some crazy fun fills, but he never overdoes it, and he always keeps a nice groove going. And it's just... It, the, the, the sound they get from the drums, fantastic. Great great job, Jason, on the drums on all the albums, really. I mean, he's, a fucking, he's a cool guy. He's a great drummer. I guess I don't know he's a cool guy. I haven't met him. But I like to believe he's a cool guy.
1: Well, hopefully he is, and hopefully he's not a dick. But... <laughs> yeah.
0: I will say uh, in this song, I noted that there's several vocal layers that they use. And I think it's all, I I think most of them are Chris sometimes occasionally Jason will sing too, but um, they they used a few different layers for the main melody. He has one layer that's him doing harmony. And then there's also this droning monotone uh, layer through a lot of the song where he's just kind of giving like a baseline rhythm kind of thing going on where he's just singing one note but he's singing the same lyrics which is kind of like an interesting feel or technique that i think they used in, in the song and they use it on a couple different songs
1: yeah this is the first one that i noticed it man i'm just gonna take a second to say that uh i think this might be one of if not the best suggestion so far
0: sweet we can talk about that next week spoiler guys next week we're going to be doing like uh our favorite moments we're just gonna be talking about the podcast i guess for yeah. the prior year because it's gonna be starting here too and we're just gonna kind of kind of look back and see what we liked what we didn't like about what we've done
1: yeah and then not change anything because <laughs> not change anything yeah
0: because that's what we do <laughs> but this... yeah lyric, lyrically yeah he he's singing this, this simple song about him like destroying cars in his backyard as a kid and then he pretends to like drive away in his favorite one because he can't bring himself to smash it and that's it's very like i don't know it's it's nostalgic in that like you're you're witnessing his nostalgia i suppose for things that he used to do as a kid he sings about like being a young boy and wanting to destroy things in other songs on other albums and stuff so i think he's just really tied to that kind of nostalgia for what his childhood was like and i think the song really shows off his songwriting style and that he likes to use a lot of alliteration in some things because it's just fun to sing and it makes me think that like i don't know it makes me feel like all of the songs were written just for the sake of being fun and not about getting some like deeper more important message across which makes sense if he also writes children's music
1: yeah man i feel really bad for saying the thing about uh the porn music. Porn. I mean, fucking. There's no. Th-
0: there's no disrespect in there writing is, music for porn. Like there it's just, is not. it shows his fucking variety, like his range of being able to like
1: write for that. If that's true, but I can't find anything about it. I mean, <laughs> I haven't looked. But uh, yeah, you know what? That's right. That's right, dude. Good on you if you did, and if you didn't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna act like it's a bad thing that people do. <laughs>
0: I'm so. curious now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. You can fucking keep floating around in the wind like some sort of twig if you want to talk about the next track. Yeah.
1: You know what? I'll float right on to track number five, titled Twig. <laughs> Got uh, him. I mean, so I'm gonna just start off just because I kinda follow along with the lyrics whenever we do this, and you talking about alliteration and everything, the literal first fucking line of this song is some weepy <laughs> creepy willow pillow boggy shit. Like yeah. just just the way he sings is, I the feel like... The words
0: he chooses are
1: just fantastic. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's a huge reason as to why these guys are so good. But, backing off of the lyrics, like, this one, it has more of the... It's a little more subdued. Like, it's not as fast of rock or anything as, like, Lunatic to Love or whatever. But it's, it's kind of more in the groove than the other songs and... I don't know. It's it shows that where you talked about like him screaming and stuff, like he shows that he can do the vocal distortion like really well. Right. I think he he doesn't overdo it, like I don't know. I mean in Ween, that last song, uh, if you could save yourself, you'd save us all, where we were talking about like how he's just fucking screaming his head off at the end. Yeah. Like I like that. But I can definitely see where it's completely like it can seem out of place. This Chris, like the way he does it, it blends perfectly in with the music. Like you, it it's expected, I guess. Like it's yeah. What you I mean, want. it's
0: very it's very rock and roll yeah. as we've kind of discussed, and it's kind of punky in in some aspects. So it like it feels right at home. Just kind of getting it out. In a more aggressive, it's not even aggressive because, like, I don't know. I feel like Chris is just such a happy dude when he's singing that, like, yeah. aggressive feels like the wrong word to use. But it, it's it's harsher
1: sounding, yeah. but it's it's still like,
0: I don't know. It, it's it's it works. It works fantastically.
1: And you know what else works? This little fucking guitar solo that gets. going on in this song like it's it's just super super rock and roll i mean they they set us up with ladies and gentlemen part one asking if we were ready to rock well man (laughs) they brought they brought it
0: yeah for sure that's kind of a tactic that i picked up on this song as well that's scattered throughout the album is that they'll have this kind of like a quick guitar solo that leads into the last chorus of the song. That's kind of the formula that, that they use a handful of times. No offense. I don't mean to say like, Oh, it's formulaic music. Like it's bad, but like, it's just, it's, it's fun. I mean, I've, I've said it before. I think we both said it at some point, like the world needs more guitar solos and guitar solos are cool as shit. So it's definitely not a complaint that they sprinkle in a lot of guitar solos on this album.
1: Yeah. And, uh, keeping in line with the, uh, the lyric writing. I I like as far as this song goes, like yeah, just taking it at face value. I don't even know.
0: Right. Yeah. This is definitely like the farthest out there song on the album <laughs> lyrically that, that I had to struggle, but there's a lot of imagery that makes me think that he's like at a gas station, filling up his car, possibly the Mach five mentioned in the prior track. Yeah. And just kind of like zoning out. He's like watching a twig dance in the wind and like just taking in his environment because there's so much like, random shit that he talks about on, on in this track that it's like hard to imagine a coherent theme to any
1: of it well i think it must be a gas station because i didn't get a gas station but i got like a truck stop or something sure where it's like it's dark around and he's kind of just like there maybe he's eating like a a dollar sandwich sitting on the hood of his car and pe- like some dude in a like one of those sh- High-cut wife-beater shirts that you can like <laughs> see his beer belly pops out of a pops it, out it, of a car somewhere.
0: I'm gonna redact what I said or retract. I suppose I'm not redacting because I'm not gonna leave it out. But uh, I think you're more accurate or more likely to be right about it being a truck stop because he has sung about several truck stop truck stops in other songs on other albums.
1: Truck stops are cool. I like truck stops. So rock well, on, Chris. There's a
0: truck stop on the moon, allegedly according to their newest album, which was 2013's Kudos to You, which I almost picked, and I really like that song,
1: so check out that song.
0: Check, check out, out that out. Album. Check out all of their albums, Joey. You clearly like this band. You should oh, check I'm,
1: out all their music. I'm definitely going to check out all. I mean, I've already checked out some of it. I haven't listened to all of it, but Hell yeah. I've had too much stuff to do at my actual job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you You mean to tell me this podcast isn't your actual job and we're not getting paid thousands of dollars to do this?
1: dude, I'm not even getting paid thousands of dollars to do what I actually do for my actual job. I mean, I guess I am over yeah, a long period though. of time. Well,
0: yeah, I'm not saying $1,000 an episode. That seems seems steep for, well, maybe not. I mean, I guess it's, it's like four grand a month for both of us to, I mean, whatever. We're not talking about that. We're talking about track number six, Bug
1: City. Bug City? Speaking of twigs, twigs crawling around, bugs crawling around on twigs leading to Bug City.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe there's some weird like adjacency through lines through each song. But uh, Track Room 6, Bug City, I really, really like this song. This track is fantastic. Yeah, it and is. This one kind of exemplifies him with his songwriting and his like rhythmic delivery, I guess. that he, he really takes his time to finish thoughts without worrying too much about how it affects the rhythm of the song. So he, like, he, he'll write a thought. It's like, no, that's going in. I don't care if it fits syllable wise I'm going to make it fit yeah. whether that's stretching it out to be longer than it needs to be or condensing it in that kind of rapid fire talking that we were talking
1: um,
0: but yeah there, there's the, a bridge section in here that's very simple and it builds well for the final like push of the song with some piano getting splashed in as well as some like midi horns that are under there's also this weird kind of unsettling layer of him that he does like spoken word Kind of lyrics occasionally that just pop into an ear for a second. What, what, where he'll like repeat <laughs> something, or he'll just say a word in in an ear, and then just like hit, he'll be gone. It's like, wait, that was that was that a glitch that I just yeah. experienced in my ears? But it's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, it's. I'd say it's definitely fun because. uh So this song is where, like, this whole time I've kind of just been listening to it, and this song, this album came out in '96, so like. I feel like it's a pretty good job of, like, being complete, like, timeless. Like, you listen to yeah. it, and at no point in the earlier songs was I. I mean, you can kind of tell, but it's not like, oh, this this definitely has that immediate 90s sound, right. or like, it sounds like everything else that came out there. And th- this song doesn't, but there's, like, the way he uses the bass and, like, plays, I guess, whatever melody it is with the, like, the bass guitar, mm-hmm. it it reminds me of a very specific sound from the 90s that I really like, but they do it better. But then it, as soon as I was like writing that, there's uh, kind of the part, I think it's the verse, where it sounds like, I don't want to compare it to Jesse's Girl, but I am sure. going to yeah, compare yeah. it to Jessie's Girl. <laughs> But it's it's better. I like it more than I like Jesse's Girl. Of course, With sorry, Rick, Springfield. Rick.
0: Rick Springfield's still great. Like, yeah.
1: But I. A position. But it's like. Side note.
0: Sorry, I, I don't I don't want to interrupt you too much. But uh, I don't know if you saw. I, I maybe told you about this. But for those who don't know, there's actually a sequel to Jesse's Girl that was written by um, Claudio Sanchez of and Cambria. That he, he wrote a sequel to it. And uh, then he got, he got Rick Springfield's approval and Rick Springfield is actually uh,
1: featured on the track. Oh my God. That's amazing. Like, yeah, I, think,
0: I think that came out last year.
1: I, I'm not going to. Okay. I'll talk to you about that later. Cause I want to <laughs> yeah. know all about this, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's cool how they can mix up sounds like that. Like, as soon as I think like ah, I've got this one sound pegged. It's like no fucking right. Jesse's girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they like like I mean I guess to go against what I was saying, they definitely have a sound. Yeah, for a lot of their music, but they also like they vary it to where all of their songs you can tell are them, but there's still enough like variety in like I guess maybe the arrangement or yeah. like the tones that they use, and it, I don't know. It, it makes each song kind of feel. A little different which is fantastic
1: yeah like they have the the general building blocks down and then they just kind of
0: yeah they got their paints and yeah. now they're 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 painting pictures with those colors
1: beautiful pictures about a bug city about <laughs> partying all fucking night long in this yeah. in this bug city
0: yeah that's that's another thing chris really likes to write about bugs and animals and and creatures and stuff he and he, this song he actually references uh a couple songs from their first album and I guess the second verse he, he mentions he, I mean, like Joy said, they're talking about bug city. That's the name of that track. It's, it's literally just a city for bugs, but uh, he says where you're safe from the spray and the kitty and the chase kitty being a song from their first album. Uh, and then at the end of that verse, he says, yeah, bug city's rocking. Yeah. That feather plucking log is lit up. Feather plucking is also a song on their first album. So <laughs> that's kind of nice. Just having those little, Homages to his prior
1: work. Yeah, it's uh, man. Like, I, I'm trying to think of other words to say other than just like, I really like this. It's awesome. It's great. Yeah, but but you know they're just good. <laughs> they they're are. Just good. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> you know, I, I was
0: gonna try to segue, and then you started to talk, and then I stopped talking, so I stopped, stopped thinking about a segue. But maybe, maybe after I go take a bath of fire, it'll it'll kind of cleanse me of all these. Jitters and get, get a good
1: segue out of it. Will it uh, cleanse you of all the dirt down in you?
0: Yeah, all that the deep down deep dirt. dirt. <laughs> you get all that deep down dirt out of me as we talk about track number seven, Bath of Fire.
1: Yeah, it's uh, so it's good, you know? It's I'll good, t- period.
0: It's good. Next track. Next, <laughs> next song. Next song. Next song. No, this one embraces the, the kind of twangy, it's almost like country aspect of a lot of their music but it's still clearly like a president song. So it still like rocks pretty hard. Uh, The guitars that they layer just in stereo feel like very gritty and cool. And I I really like the sound that they've achieved with the song.
1: Yeah, definitely. Speaking of Rick Springfield, this song struck me as like an alternate universe, Bruce Springsteen song. (laughs) Like, like I can see that just something about kind of, I mean, they get a little bluesy. Yeah, sure. Like, with some of their guitar runs and stuff. And not 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 saying the whole song's like that, but there's just parts in this song where I'm just like, I mean, I'm glad Bruce Springsteen isn't singing it, but... <laughs> yeah. But but it sounds like it could be sure.
0: that. There's but, a lot of kind of similar, like, I don't know, a lot of that, like, blues rock of, like, the 80s and 90s and stuff. Like, yeah. it, it all has some similar characteristics to each other. And I think this is just kind of like splashing into that a little bit.
1: Yeah. And to touch on something we've talked about before where, so like there's half of this song is him singing and it's like verse, what, chorus, whatever. Right. But then like the last half of this song is just him singing the same words from the chorus. Right. Over and over again. Yeah. And here I like it a lot. Like, I don't, not it's just the like, way he sings I yeah, think, that really I, like sells it. I don't want to keep going against things that I've said in the past. No, it's it's growth. Yeah. Joey. I'll I'll say it's growth and not just me <laughs> twisting whatever to fit how I feel. I mean, I do it
0: all the time yeah. on this podcast, I'm sure, so I'll just go with it.
1: But yeah, I I like it. I mean, it's just this this one too, like I feel like there's meaning to it behind yeah. behind a bug city or a a little toy car in his backyard. (laughs) It's so
0: so what did you get out of this then?
1: So like not, I got like the cleansing yourself through like pushing yourself to a limit type of vibe where, I mean like the, the words to the chorus are like nothing like a bath of fire to get this deep down dirt out of me. And with that, it makes me think of like, I don't know if you're starting to feel like a little sad or something and you go put on like your super sad boy music and just wallow in it. Like to where you feel like absolute shit for a while. And then you're like, okay, I'm better now. Now that I got that out of me or like whenever you like get a cut and you just like push on it to make it stop hurting because you're going to make it hurt really, really hard or something.
0: I could see that. I, I did not look for a significantly deeper meaning to this i kind of just like it it seemed to me that he was just talking about things that maybe not him himself but from the perspective of the singer or of the character that he is singing as i guess it feels like the song's just him talking about things that he's done that are leading him to hell but he's not really worried about it and he's just kind of like living life with no regrets because he's like the deep down dirt inside of him was kind of like a sin thing and he mentions hell uh towards the end of the song he said hell is down there yawning hoping i fall headfirst in it Nothing like a bath fire to get this deep down dirt out of me. Um, so I, I don't know. I just kind of took it at, at kind of face value of like, he's accepting that he's done some some terrible things. He's probably going to go to hell, but he's, he's just kind of gung ho about it, which kind of comes up later in a different song of hell, not necessarily being a, a horrible place in his mind, or at least within the canon of this album, I suppose, where he's just kind of embracing it and having fun with it.
1: You know, who else would like to have fun with him?
0: Uh, would it be some sort of Tiki God? Perhaps? It would
1: be a Tiki God, man. Thanks for saving that from me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said it and I didn't. Just like, hey, but also, you know <laughs> what this tiki,
0: tiki God.
1: Is the next song on the track.
0: Track number eight. We're fucking killing it today. This one goes back to the kind of typical upbeat fuzzy rock of the president's his vocals in this track overall are a bit more harsh and the track and i really like it and it kind of goes a little bit harder at least it feels a little bit harder because of that and this has like i don't know this song i really like the song i'm gonna say that about a lot of the songs but like the line he says uh he says tiki god why you make me shake you make me shiver all right it kind of has that alliteration again with shake and shiver and it's just so much fun like i just listening to this album is a fun experience for me because i can it's kind of contagious the energy that that they had while they were performing the songs and it yeah. kind of like it almost feels like they were instead of recording separate parts and then blending them and mixing them and mastering it's like they all just like got into a studio and they're like yeah let's fucking like jam out let's rock out we have the song structures for everything figured out so we're just going to kind of like one take play them all together and just kind of like have fun with it And I really, I really enjoy that feeling.
1: Yeah. The way they write songs is just like, I don't know. I mean, I know, I know like effort, a lot of effort went into these, but it just seems like you said, like they just jumped into a studio and they were just like, let's fucking kick out the jams, dude. Yeah. And then is a song on one of their other albums. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, they just, they just fucking did it. And I mean, I know more went into it than that, but like to achieve that feel it, and just every aspect, it's not even just like, yeah, the music sounds like, or the lyrics or whatever, but it's just like, here's a song called Tiki God about incurring the wrath of a Tiki <laughs> God, or just like you have a Tiki God who like saves you or makes sure that you're good or whatever, just like a protector of a Tiki, like you're. Protector yeah, he's a tiki, he, he god. Found a
0: tiki god he summoned a tiki god and it's fucking wreaking vengeance on those who wronged him perhaps
1: yeah and unless you're bobby in which <laughs> case unless you're bobby then he's mean and vicious but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh i mean it's just so it's just cool like i don't know it's what i yeah, like it's, about it's,
0: it's kind of like i mean i guess it goes back to the fact that he also writes children's songs and it makes sense and i, I don't know what the overlap is timeline wise of when he started writing children's music. Um but like I don't know there's such like some not that I'm saying that this is a, ch- a children's song. He's talking about a lot of people being killed by some taking God or whatever. But like it it's still fun and it still has that kind of like childlike wonder aspect to it where it's like I don't know he's just taking something simple and ex- ex- using his imagination to kind of like open himself up to what all that would mean in kind of like an Im- improvisational way, I guess, where like a kid is like, so enraptured with a toy or something like his Mach five hot wheel car that he was smashing in the back of his thing and being able to put himself in that car and just kind of like exploring the atmosphere and like the environment that that car puts him in, I guess in this case with like a Tiki God and like what that, what that means and and how that would He plays kind of like story writing, I guess, in some way, but obviously not having like some grand scheme kind of a thing going on. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling at this point. The point is, the point that I'm trying to make is that he just like he takes simple concepts, explores on them, and it's always fun.
1: And he does it in a reasonable time. Like, yes, I feel like every song on here has been the exact amount of time needed for him to get whatever idea it is down
0: right most of the songs are around three minutes maybe a little shorter
1: yeah yeah there's a few that that are there's one that's like five minutes long (laughs) yeah but talk about that yeah but outside of that yeah all the songs are like three minutes or lower and it works they don't they don't need to be like seven minute epics about right the tiki god you can sing about the tiki god in three minutes and make it a fucking jam
0: (laughs) yeah and boy does it jam i really like this track
1: yeah well, uh, I, shit. I was going to <laughs> I was gonna segue as... Uh, the next track, track nine, is L.I.P. I was going to yeah. segue as Lip. Lip. But then I was like, that's not right. Cause yeah,
0: the Tiki L-I-P. God wouldn't give you any
1: lip. Yeah, he wouldn't give me any lip. He wouldn't take any lip, that's for damn sure. So this song, what do you think about this song, Jeremy?
0: Little Indian Princess. Yeah. It's L.I.P. It
1: is the,
0: it's L.I.P. is the track title. It stands for Little Indian Princess because... That's, that's the chorus of the song. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the groove of the drums and the guitar riff on the song. Top notch. I really like it. Vocal harmonies and the chorus on this one are fucking great. There's this, like, he, he uses this, like, kind of flanger, kind of tubey sound effect in the second verse and the bridge. And then there's this build up and then a drop when he, when he screams on a fist sized ice cream cone at dicks. And then the song kind of stops. And then it kind of comes back in for the last chorus as opposed to having like a solo going into it. Um, But yeah, I I enjoy the song. I don't know. I think it might be one of my least favorite ones on the album as like an overall song, I think. But that's not
1: to say that I don't like the song. I'm glad you said it uh, because I feel the same way. Like it's not a super standout track. I do, though, like the lyrics, I guess. Because, I don't know, at first I was looking at the lyrics on my phone and I didn't have any like context to it. And Little Indian Princess, like it made me think because it was written in 96. So, I mean, I think that's back when people were like still calling Native Americans Indians. So like immediately my head like went to Native American. But then as I like read the lyrics, I was like, so he's talking about, I guess, the meat industry. Yeah. And like this song, it has a meaning. Or, like, you can decipher it, like, to me, at least. It was, like, talking about, like, the meat industry and, like, destroying, like, land to make burgers or whatever. Like, but Little Indian Princess, like, I guess cows are sacred in that culture. So I think, like, that's that's where it came from. But it was just, it was cool to have a song that made a connection. But, yeah, otherwise it's like the music's good of course because they wrote it but as far as like the rest of the tracks this one which it it doesn't stand out as much as others which i feel like is a feat it's a it's (laughs) impressive because they've gone this is the ninth song on the track every single one has been an absolute fucking banger yeah (laughs) and i mean this song's still good but like
0: It's it's less good
1: yeah like how it's insane that they could go this far without having a track, like not be great. Right. So yeah.
0: I, I think lyrically just to kind of change a couple things of what you said, I feel like it, it might be a little bit culturally insensitive, but again, this is 96 and, and like, I don't just, just referring to a cow, which is like a holy object. Like it, it, it's idolized a lot in, in Hinduism and stuff like that, where, and playing off of that to talk about a hamburger kind of seems a little maybe insensitive to some of that stuff. But uh, it, it also, he's talking about an E. Coli outbreak that happened back in the nineties because uh, there was some outbreak with Jack in the box that apparently was pretty bad, like across the country and in, in like a few States at least. And one of the States is Washington where the band is from. So,
1: yeah, I took it as like a, which I guess that is insensitive, but like I took it as a like a well, you shouldn't have been doing this in the fucking first place type yeah. thing to, towards the meat industry. But yeah, right,
0: yeah. I just I just feel like calling calling a, a, a burger your little Indian princess maybe maybe outside of the context has kind of a bad a bad feel to it.
1: Oh, I thought the cow itself was the, okay. I mean. The, yeah, well, it doesn't saying, change like, react, know, it's, it's just, just weird. Change
0: too much. It just feels weird. Maybe I'm I'm over, overreacting to it. Maybe I'm underreacting. Maybe you're getting a little froggy and having second doubts about things. But we should press on and talk about track number 10.
1: Froggy? Froggy. Dude. <laughs> okay. So, this song as much as the last like Little Indian Princess as much as that was not like a standout track. Yeah. Fucking love Froggy, dude. It's what, 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 what does your silence mean, Jeremy? Nothing. I was, I was taking a drink. I okay. was just, just, just listening. <laughs> I thought you were silently judging me over there from No, your, keep, from your keep talking dog. about Froggy, man. I'll keep okay. taking drinks. Okay. This song, it's a fucking holler. It's a fucking hootenanny, a bop, a banger, and a rip roar <laughs> all tied into one. It's got these funky ass keys going on.
0: <laughs> you should be a marketing director. <laughs> That was
1: fantastic. It's just so like, so yeah, it's got like the funky ass keys. It's got the twangy guitar that they got. It's like this fast pace throughout the song that just like, you can't be still when you're listening to it. And then like, as they have done in a few other songs, but they do it even more here. I feel like just cause like the energy starts off from the beginning, they, they slow it down for the last verse. So they can build it back up even higher. Yeah. And it's just like,
0: bah, 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 like just nuts. Yeah. You, get the, bow, 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 you know, you just gotta fucking get it. Froggy. <sighs> so it's, it's it's got that it has all of those adjectives that you used to describe it <laughs> at the beginning. It's, it's it's I don't know, it's it's pretty fun. It's a fun song. And I think to kick to to kick it all off, like the lyrics are also like just out there and, and, and trying to get you to jump because the song is talking about a frog jumping all over the fucking stage and it kind of has that energy in in the music and the song <laughs> when it slows down it's actually talking about Froggy who is jumping all over the stage because he's a front man of a band or whatever he dies right he, he overdoses on pills or something <laughs> because he's living that rock and roll lifestyle he goes down to hell and he, he sees that there's a band there playing just kind of waiting for him to make more music and so he does he goes to hell and he continues rocking the fuck out and just jumping all over the stage in hell
1: because that's what hell is that's it's what hell just, is
0: to chris <laughs> just, just music
1: i mean if you're going by the rock and roll lifestyle yeah you just if you're going by like the rock and rollers all go to hell blah, blah, yeah blah, blah,
0: blah. it's the cool hell
1: yeah <laughs> it's not the like oh you're gonna get poked with a hot poker in your eyeball for 20 years or whatever <laughs> which,
0: uh, you know, I'm I'm down to live by rock and roll hell, you know?
1: Yeah, why not? I mean, anything's possible when you're just <laughs> making shit up.
0: <laughs> not endorsed by the, the, the Church of Christianity.
1: <laughs> uh, but so Tube Amplifier is the next song. It is. That was the worst
0: segue of the night, but also <laughs> apt. Tube Amplifier is the 11th track. <laughs> so I that- wanted to.
1: So I wanted to talk about this song. Okay, is go why for it. I did the, the shitty segue. Sure. So this song, whenever I got to it, like, I like this song. I like wait, it
0: wait, a lot. Wait, hang on. Are you, you going to tell me a story about it?
1: I'm not going to tell you a story about it. I'm going to tell you a story about what this song makes me, It what it symbolizes to me. Okay, well, go ahead and lay it on us, man. It's the freedom to just feel feel what you're going to feel no matter how small you think it is, just yeah. the happiness of, in this case, getting a new amp, or in the case where this was one of the ones where the drummer is singing as well, yeah. I would because he's singing about getting new cymbals. They're yeah. Sabian, and he's super fucking happy about it. Yeah, they're so great. <laughs> I, this is what I, like, I feel like these guys are true punk. Like, not in the, like, crazy, in your face, just nuts way, but like, so a while ago, me and Alyssa went to a festival called Planet X Fest, and Planet X is—they're like a DIY punk type record place. It sounds
0: like a porn store.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but it's—it's—it <laughs> uh, it's, was just like a weekend-long festival of just like a shit ton of punk bands playing, and this song gave off the same energy. As this one dude, I can't find the band and I can't find the song anywhere online. And I don't remember who it was playing it, but he, it was a song called Chupacabra. And the way he introduced it was, this song is about the Chupacabra because I think it's really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. And the whole song was just like them rocking out and he was just going, Chupa, 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 Chupacabra. Like just going right. nuts. Just dude at his just happiest writing a song about something that's awesome and there's no pretense about it. And that's what I feel like they've captured with this song is just like the pure energy of just like, dude, I got a new amp. I'm pretty fucking pumped about it. Let's rock out to it. And just, they just write a song about it and it's not too small to write a song about because it means something to them.
0: Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier about all their songs kind of having the perfect length, this one is only like a minute and a half long. This is one of the shorter songs on the album, if not the shortest song. And it, it, it comes in, it introduces the concept. It lets them get it out and then it's over and it's not, not a bad thing. I I feel like I would also enjoy it to be longer, but it doesn't need to be longer and it's perfect how it is. Uh, Also you, you totally, I don't know if you missed it or if you were just ignoring me, at, at the beginning, the song starts off with Chris going up and saying, excuse me, can I tell you a story? And then you hear, like, yeah, lay it on us, man! He goes, okay, it, it goes like this. And then he starts the song kind of thing, which I was trying to trying to mimic with you at the beginning when you were telling your story, but you know what? see,
1: I would have gotten that if I had looked at my notes, but I just <laughs> went off on a thing there.
0: That's fine. We, we all go off on things, but yeah, this one, it, it's... Chris is talking about how he got a new amplifier, and he's excited to just fucking rock it out like some sort of volcano throwback. And oh. then uh, I guess their bassist at the time or their second guitarist maybe was talking about how he got a, a big Bertha driver, or maybe it was Chris. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell, uh, where he was just excited to take this golf club to the range and fucking smack a ball. And then the drummer comes in. And he's like, yeah, I got a fucking new cymbal, and I'm excited about that. And then the song's over kind of a thing, which uh, it's, it's fun. Like like I said, it's, it's just like... You can tell that they were in a good mood when they wrote the song, when they recorded the song. It just, it it feels just pure and it's not like, it's not too pretentious or or trying too hard to be something. It's just like, Hey, I like this thing. Cool. Next song.
1: Yeah. I'll, so I'm going to not correct something I said, but I'm going to extrapolate on something I said about this being true punk. I wasn't saying it's true punk, because it's happy or because it's about them being happy necessarily it's because it's about something that is important to them and i mean that can be good or bad but in this case it was it's more about nothing being too small you just write songs about things that affect you be it good or bad because there's some great and very important punk music that has made some change. Oh, for sure. On different levels about shit that sucks, but so I don't want to. I don't want to. De- I don't want to. Like,
0: this is not like anarchist punk, yeah, or, or trying to change the system yeah. punk.
1: And all that stuff is true punk as well. I just mean it captures the spirit of it, right? Of so. just
0: kind of doing do, doing it because fuck it, why not?
1: <laughs> yeah, because we're gonna make some music about shit that's super cool.
0: Yeah, and if we get famous enough and make enough money, maybe we can all marry supermodels or something.
1: Hell yeah, that's the that's the dream, especially when they're uh, made of metal and a million miles high. <laughs> <laughs> Track
0: number twelve, supermodel.
1: That's my yep. kind of supermodel, man.
0: <laughs> I really like the song. I like this. There's kind of like a skipped beat feel on, on the song, and I, I really enjoy it. The guitar tones on this song, specifically, kind of like. They they really shine like they they've used the tones several times on the album, but the song really gives some space to shine in their own existence. And yeah. the drums again just get to play around a bit without being like overbearing or too wild or anything. They're not like Zach Hill, you know, just just going. Hand oh
1: yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm.
0: But, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of cool like like licks and, and melodies and stuff in this track that I really enjoy.
1: Man, every time you bring Hella into this. <laughs> It gives me a flashback to me panicking in my office while we we're recording. Cause I'm just like, oh no, he hates, he hates, he hates, it. He hates it.
0: <laughs> well, we can talk about that more next week as well.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's good. I, I like the song. Like you said, like the music is great. I like the tone. I like that. It lets it shine because this, the song is just, I mean, it's the perfect length. Like everything we've said already, this yeah, is it, it again. This is
0: another, just another hit.
1: But right, right out of the park, I really like the lyrics because it's supermodel and like <laughs> you expect it. I mean, I, you don't expect it. You shouldn't, at this point in the album, you shouldn't expect <laughs> anything. But like supermodel, you're like, oh, supermodel, like runway, whatever. Like, yeah, they're rock stars singing about supermodels. And then it's talking about just like some crazy warrior priestess, like. who's like part machine and giant and like she's some sort of terminator robot thing and it's just like it's
0: the song's confusing as hell so i think he's talking about a building or the model of that building like from an architecture thing like it's a super model kind of a thing because he like maybe he does say that there are like she's made of metal and a million miles high her hairdo is scraping the sky Kind of thing and it's i don't know it just made me think that like maybe he's not actually talking about a girl as much as he's talking about a building that he saw and it's like yeah it's a fucking super looking model of a, of a skyscraper
1: <laughs> i just took it as what an actual super awesome supermodel would be where it's like i don't know she's a million miles high yeah just like she's
0: the God. love child of genghis khan and a, a beautiful busty amazon <laughs>
1: And she's got like some sort of crazy ray gun that she's just like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. and you're just like. It doesn't stars. make
0: sense though because cause he he talks about her being like the daughter of Genghis Khan and an Amazon, and then he goes on and he's talking about her being birthed from Darth Vader or being birthed by the Terminator,
1: and and then just like
0: she can't she can't have all of these parents. Unless. I mean, he does
1: he does say, but that's impossible. That's true.
0: So. That's true. So maybe maybe. Maybe he's just, yeah, maybe he's just like saying, man, like if I didn't know any better, I'd say Darth Vader was your father. <laughs> <laughs> also the first time, like not really paying attention to the lyrics as I, as I'm doing during this, uh, listening to the song outside of the context of the podcast when he says Darth Vader nine months later, but that's impossible. This is maybe too niche, I, I guess, but no, cause he's making the reference anyway fucking when when darth vader reveals to luke that he (laughs) is his father luke goes that's him that's not true that's impossible and that's what i always think of when i when i hear him say it when he says but that's impossible i I just think of that scene and i don't know if that was intentional or not or if he was just like saying like yeah it's impossible because he also says it after the the terminator
1: bit Nah, i think it's a reference
0: I hope so. I'm choosing to believe so. I also there's a line of the song that I really, really like, and I'm not sure why I like it so much. I just like it. But she says he says she'll make a fascinating fossil. And I just like the idea of that of like describing something or someone someone's beauty as like, man, she's gonna make a really pretty fossil someday. <laughs> it's just like fascinating and I really enjoy it.
1: She's gonna make some really nice crude oil for a spaceship yeah. for a future civilization. It's <laughs>
0: gonna power the Death Star.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's what he means. Yeah, it's
0: it's all a Star Wars reference. <laughs> Fucking Darth Vader in his puffy little shoes, just puffing it up over there, I'm walking around with a squish, with a squish, squish, squish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> God um, damn it! That's that's a reach, went. man. I don't, I don't know. My brain went there. I know nobody's gonna. I mean, somebody's <laughs> gonna know that, but not many people are going to get that. I mean, not many I'm not gonna explain it.
0: Not many people are gonna listen to this podcast anyway. So
1: exactly. So the amount of people who will get that is literally n- none. Yep. Well, not track number me. thirteen.
0: Puffy little shoes. Was the the original segue there before I just bastardized it? Come on,
1: squish, 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 squish. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. no. <laughs> this is the longest song on the album, I feel minutes. like the song is too long. This is the one song on the album that I think goes on a bit too long.
1: I will agree with you, but I like every part of this song. Yeah, but yeah, it could be, it it's could a- be, could be shorter.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, I mean, it's five minutes. Every other track on this album, is, like we said, it's around three minutes. Yeah. But uh, this one, it's a bit more stripped down musically with like minimal drums in the verses and stuff. Uh, the, it, the vocals kind of drag and stretch at parts that make the song feel longer than it already is. And since this is the longest track, it just, I don't know, it feels like there's a lot to it. There's a nice progression to it, but I feel like it could have been half as long and yeah. uh, accomplished the same thing.
1: That same progression definitely could have been probably about three and a half minutes. Right. Long. But, you know, whatever. Like that's <laughs> fine. It's it's, it's got a presence. It's got a little mini guitar solo. But yeah. yeah, you that is like after hearing a bunch of songs that are between a minute and a half and three minutes long, hearing a song that's five minutes long feels like the whole Fishman's album.
0: Yeah. Like but just a little like like okay when is it over <laughs> What's the <laughs> next track kind of what's play? happening <laughs> it does feel out of place lyrically i have no idea what's going on in the song other than he really likes his shoes you know
1: yeah that's honestly all i got too like i don't it just made me think of like the skater shoes that were like a big thing when i was in yeah. like middle school where it's like you had the really puffy like vans or whatever
0: well, so so I think the the song idea came from a track that we will discuss in a minute. Um, but, oh yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's weird because he's comparing things. He's like he starts off by saying a little puffy cloud with a tongue floating over a cheese puff rugalug. If I had to choose between those two, you know, I'd obviously choose the one with the puffy little shoes, which that one makes kind of sense. He's referring to his shoes as clouds with a tongue. Right, And they're floating over a rug, which is fluffy. And that, that makes sense. And then he goes on and he says, little skinny chicken on my plate, big skinny skinhead. He's up to here with hate. If I had to choose between those two, I'd obviously choose the one with the puffy little shoes, which is a, maybe a, a bit of a stretch. And I don't know what he's, if he's saying the skinhead's wearing shoes or the chicken's wearing shoes. And then he, I don't know. He just does it more and more. And he, his his comparisons get weird. And he's like, he always comes back yeah, I'd pick the one, whichever one had my shoes. I'd like kind of a thing.
1: Maybe it's a stab at like commercialism and uh, clicks, where it's all about what fashion you have rather than who you are, what your character is.
0: Maybe, maybe as long as you have cool shoes, Chris will buy anything or, or agree with anything you say. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and maybe, uh, uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen,
0: I think we are out of segues.
1: For <laughs> I was hoping something would come to me, and then you came to me like, <laughs> like a bastion of hope.
0: Well, it didn't happen. Track number fourteen, ladies and gentlemen, part two. It's the big finale of the album. It's got it's it's a reprisal, so to speak, of the opening track on the album, which was "Ladies and Gentlemen, Part One," obviously. And I don't know before it actually gets to the song. He does a lot of these like weird mini solos, I guess, where he's just kind of experimenting with a bunch of different tones in the thing. And then the song comes in, and it's kind of a a repeat, a rehash, a reprisal, like I said, of the first one where instead of welcoming you to the show, he's saying, good evening, Like it's been fun, time to go, get the fuck out of here.
1: See ya. Don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Exactly. That's exactly what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, I like those little guitar solos at the beginning because guitar solos are cool. And uh, as much as I feel like the last song went on because like it ended and it kind of like had this big rock and roll finish. This yeah. like it started off kind of picking up where the last song left off. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I like whenever stuff comes full circle. Yeah. So I, I like it. it. It ties the album together. You start on you start in a familiar you end in a familiar place.
0: Yeah, it's cool. And there's there's some like long amp feedback kind of fuzz at the end of the track that actually goes into a hidden track, which <gasps> is apparently not on Spotify and no. it's out of order on the YouTube Music thing. So I don't know what's going on there, but it is a hidden fifteenth track that is just called Basketball Dream uh, on on the
1: album, which is which, where puffy shoes came from,
0: which is where puffy little shoes came from. Uh, So this track, it's a pretty different sound from the rest of the album in that it's not really a rock song. It's just this kind of like floaty, kind of dreamscape-y music to, to match the content of the lyrics. And instead of Chris singing the song, it's just a kid talking. And you can hear Chris whispering underneath it. He's like just repeating the words or he's actually leading the words. So I'm not sure if he was telling the kid what to say or if Chris was added in like after the, the kid recorded it and it's just kind of, there's like a weird effect of him. Like you could just kind of make him out whispering the words underneath.
1: I thought it was him whispering to the kid. Cause the kid starts like laughing. Cause yeah. I mean, he's describing like a weird, I mean, a, it's a, a basketball dream about like magic Johnson yeah. who autographed a ball, but it was like a small rubber ball and he was really tall and he had big puffy shoes. And like, he's just talking about like, these weird ideas like you would get in a dream yeah. and the kid is like, as he's uh whispering to the kid, the kid's just like cracking up. He's just right. running the shit.
0: Yeah. And that's what, that's what I don't understand because I think I read that the, that it was, it was just the kid. Originally it was just the kid talking about his dream. And I think the track was the, at least the vocal track from this song or this, the track from this track. I don't know. Don't, the vocals from this track were used previously in a different song. And I, I haven't listened to that, so I don't know if it also had Chris underneath or whatever. Maybe maybe that's what happened is they, they originally had the kid tell the story on the album, and then they came back to it and it's like, hey, like, go into the studio, and I'm going to tell you what you said last time, and you're going to repeat it and kind of see how it is. So I, I'm not sure what the circumstances of the recording are, but it's a relative of Chris, his nephew, child, I I don't know, it's not clear. Some kid that Chris knows and is related to just (laughs) talking about his his dream. Which makes no sense because it's a dream. And that also fits in with a lot of this album making little to no sense.
1: Which is awesome (laughs) because nothing about any I was about to make some sort of political thing about presidents not making sense, <laughs> but like, whatever. I don't make yeah, sense. Like,
0: like fucking cause they're on, on change, like on loose, like coin change. That, that <sighs> <makes sense>. <sighs> <sighs> how do you feel? I mean, we already know how you felt about, felt about this album. Do you have any, any final thoughts about this album as a whole?
1: My final thoughts were that I'm glad I was given a reason to go into their back catalog Hell or yeah. some deeper cuts and I will now be continuing my deeper dive into their discography.
0: I'm excited. And I'm glad cuz that makes me feel better about choosing. I mentioned last week that I was torn between between three albums. Um I don't think I mentioned the next part which is I asked Joey to pick a pick one based on the album title. I asked a couple other people to like vote and see which one I I should do because I didn't know which one I should do, and then I ended up throwing all of that out the window. Everyone wanted me to do the other albums. I was like, "Now nah, we're doing, we're doing two because it's, it just feels right to me." So I'm glad that it worked out, and that I don't feel like an asshole for ignoring everyone telling me to do the other albums.
1: Oh, you should still feel like an asshole, but you, you were right in your assholishness.
0: <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's that's the best I can hope for, honestly. Next week,
1: what are we doing? We're we're,
0: uh, we're gonna just do kind of a, a more casual. I don't think we're gonna do a list. We we haven't really talked about the specifics, but we're just gonna be reflecting. I guess doing doing like a one year reflection because as we mentioned, this is our 50 second episode. One whole year We've been doing this for a full year now, which is awesome and exciting, and it'll give us kind of a, a break from the normal to just kind of like shoot the shit and talk about what we've what we've done in the past year and really really feel ourselves is what's gonna what's gonna happen. just yeah. talking about how awesome we are that we made this, but or, I, it, does, it feels incredible to, yeah. to like you, you mentioned at the top to just like consistently do this for a year because it's so easy to, to drop things or to like, stop working on a project that you've done or, or put a hobby aside and give up on it or whatever. Cause you're not good at it, but we fucking stuck with this for a year and, and we're, we're not, not good at
1: either.
0: it. We're still not good <laughs> at it, but we're going to continue to be not good at it for the foreseeable future. Hell yeah. uh, and we're in, as as we lead into year two of the podcast, the show, we're we're just gonna kind of we're gonna take a take a look back, not not at the year itself, perhaps, but the the year of feedback loop.
1: Was I supposed to say bye bye there?
0: I don't know. You guys oh. want to stay in our feedback loop?
1: Bye. Oh god. <laughs>